Yeah, because everybody has something they run to that right. keeps them progressing. How do we make progress? Suffering, sacrifice. You don't build muscle without pain. You also don't increase your stress threshold without stress. It's the only way is to actually sit in your suffering. And so we're provided this opportunity to have stress hit us and then we either run from it and go hide and pleasure ourselves so that we don't feel it or we sit in it and we fight. Hi everyone, this is Ross, your host of Bear Crawl with Dads. So true confession, I'm completely leveraging this podcast for personal and selfish reasons. You see, not too long ago, I became a dad for the very first time, but with that, an older dad. So the one thing that I know so far is that this bear crawl as a dad is not meant to be done alone. We truly need each other. So may this podcast be that for you. So come along and let's bear crawl together. All right. Hey, thank you everybody for joining me here on Bear Crawl with Dads. Thank you so much for tuning in. And those audience uh, members that have been listening, you know that the reason I started the podcast Bear Crawls with Dads is to encourage dads out there to let you know that you're not alone in this crazy important role as a father. You know, as you know, I became a new father as an older age uh, with my two-year-old son. And so I'm using this, I'm leveraging this podcast just to be able to talk to dads, either young dads, older dads, those that are empty nesters to say, man, well, how can I learn from you? And what are those mistakes? What are those celebrations that I can make notes? And so we thank you for joining us. Tonight, I am very honored and privileged to have Kyle join us all the way in sunny California. So Kyle, welcome to Bear Crawl with Dads. Yeah, thanks, Ross. Thanks for making a move and creating a good message for people and um, super stoked to support what you're doing. Well, Kyle, I appreciate that. I know you are an incredibly busy man and, and audience as you hear tonight, you're going to know why Kyle is, is a busy man. I feel like Kyle too, when somebody asks you like, how's it going? That's probably a very loaded question, I think, to ask you just what a typical day is in your life. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, find out real quick, like if someone asked me off the cuff, like, how's your day? Um, usually, and I don't know what you want as far as a language here, but I'll say, usually I say, I'm effing annihilating the day. That's going to be your <laughs> If somebody, as you pass them in the uh, the aisle of the cafeteria, the supermarket is like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? Right? So they're they're intrigued. So, and also to the audience, in, in Kyle, this is a, you speak from the heart, so I'm not going to you say you gotta whatever you want to say whatever words you want to say dude you just yeah. speak from the heart man so just i want you be you man you bring it you bring it so kyle you know one thing before uh, you know the audience hears about what you're currently doing and i'll say we're going to drive everybody to your website we put that in the show notes um who are you more and what you're doing in the lives of men you know before we get into really all that i want to ask i'll see be the show for dads to encourage fathers out there tell us real quickly who you are and tell us about your relationship with your father. What did that look like? What was that like? Yeah. Uh, Kyle Carnahan, like literally my middle name's Lee, Kyle Lee Carnahan, giant leprechaun, man. Like I was going to say, is there like a Irish yeah, yeah, like, own to that or <laughs> more Irish, right? right? Like, right. Which is hilarious. And my dad's like obsessed with our Irish heritage, like obsessed. And Have y'all been? No, okay. but uh, he has, he has. Okay. He's got like pendants and stickers. My sister's an Irish dancer and all this. And uh, <laughs> we, we recently find found out that we're we're like mostly German. 
was pretty, like my dad was bummed out. Yeah, he had some bad news for, for us. It was like it was like somebody in the family died. He's like he like gathered everybody together. He's like, I'll just share with you guys. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I'm still leaving the stuff on the walls, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're still, yeah. still yeah. Yeah. I'm still eating our lucky charms. But, uh, yeah, I had a, a couple of Irish guys uh, on on Superhuman Fathers in in our coaching group, and uh, you know the, that's the amazing thing about Instagram is uh, you just your your message goes all over the world, or or these podcasts like you you just never know who's gonna listen, and it's so cool because I get these guys, you know, I got a couple guys from Ireland, and I love the Irish accent. I just mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about it, but it's just. It's just so fun to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a guy that's become, you know, pretty close to us, and like he's got such a great attitude. But when he hit, when he hit me up, you know, he was uh, drinking a lot and then doing some cocaine on the weekends. And father of four, and he's a young father. He's trying to grow his business and he's trying to keep it together, but stress is high, and he's just like. And uh, he sends me this message. He's like, Kyle, I'm having a real hard time. I'm having a hard time with the macronutrients. I'm trying to keep my diet together, but I keep going off the rails and complaining <laughs> to my wife. And he said, my wife come up to me. She says, honey, three months ago, you were trying to keep the cocaine and the drink off. Now you're just trying not to eat so much cereal. And uh, <laughs> I was like, please, God, tell me it's Lucky Charms, please. <laughs> yes. Please. He's like, no, it's not Lucky Charms, Kyle. And I was like, oh, man, but that would have been a better part of the story. But, um, you know, it's, it's funny as we watch these guys leveling up like the things that they wouldn't even worry about now become the big things as you, mm-hmm. you own in on your progress but that's it it's a li- another offshoot story but we we're gonna get to my dad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh my i have the i have an interesting upbringing because okay. like my dad will, was like my best friend like mm. we surfed every day together for years since probably from when i was a little kid to even when i was like up to like 19 years old like we surfed three four sometimes six seven times a week like it was just standard so we did that's incredible yeah and they're like surfing was just such a massive part of our family Mm -hmm. when i say family massive part of me and two of my brothers but not so much my youngest brother or my sister or my mom so three boys and a in a in a girl so four yeah, of you four, oh sorry four brothers my older brother also okay so my, my dad obsessed with surfing here's me and my one of my little brothers also glommed on to surfing so we're this little gang but older brother kind of gets left out mm-hmm. younger brother left out sisters get a little left out or one sister because the other sister ended up doing like irish dancing which he got really into later but there were like almost three kids that kind of got put to the wayside because they weren't into what we were into oh every man has good and bad things that in their character right that, <laughs> that are amazing things they need to work on so i learned a lot from my dad about like he never raised his voice to me one time, not once. Like a father that never raised his voice, I've never even heard of such a thing. And being Irish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not raising his yeah. voice. <laughs> yeah. Just so calm. And uh, 
this old school kind of neglectful outlook on like being present in the home and being helpful and assisting in those duties at home, like cooking, cleaning, laundry, you know, picking up the house. Like there was just, there was a lack of that. So it was like, he would make some money, he would make money, come home. And then my mom would just run the house and do everything. Right. So there's so, no help. So, okay. So what did your dad do? Well, when I was a little, little kid, I don't know what he was doing. He was doing a bunch of odd job stuff, but then he went to law school when I was a kid. So I remember wow, him, I remember going to sleep in like, we had this office room and I would talk to him and I'd fall asleep in the bed in that room. And I remember the light was kind of like old and yellow. Mm-hmm. It was like, I remember just yellow, gross light I, as a kid. For some reason, everything's yellow. And he had these yellow legal notepads, <laughs> yellow, like, yellow notepads. It was just, everything was yellow. It was weird, but it was like a gross yellow. And, and, I, and he, he would write all his notes on his notepads. I would go to sleep and I'd wake up in the morning and he's sitting in the same place writing on notepads, like he never went to bed because he was studying for the bar. And I was like, that's gnarly. He was just up all night studying because he was working and then he would study all night. So like, I mean, that was kind of, that's kind of a nonverbal like influence as far as just. Dude, so, so much. I never forget that. That was savage. Like Mm -hmm. that was like a massive sacrifice to like step up. Oh, huge. So, so, okay. So, so law school, he became a lawyer. Yep. Family law. Family law. Yeah. And he still practices today. He's one of like the top guys in, in all of like San Diego County. Like if you want to go to the guy, that's Uh my dad, Joseph Battle Carnahan. Like he's the man. What a testimony. Your father's just that hard work. But, but you said though, with that focus on the surfing and that was your bond and your connection with him, a couple of your siblings necessarily didn't connect over surfing. Was, was that that was his way to connect with you but he wasn't necessarily i think sometimes your greatest strength can be your greatest weakness so but maybe he didn't show up necessarily in the home on being present like you said I saw, okay. I saw i saw a certain level of selfishness in the fact that he was not willing to bend to support the other siblings that didn't were into what he was into got you right so gotcha. like you weren't into what he was into. He was like, yeah, whatever you're doing's lame. My, my stuff's cool. Gotcha. There was this underlying, like my littlest brother was a water pole player and my dad was kind of like, that ah, stuff's lame. He's like, he didn't say that, but it was like, right. he didn't support it. And it was like, right. you're doing that. It's not as cool as what we're doing. Uh-huh. So this like rub that my brother, my little brother had, it, you know, he felt neglected and, I mean, we, we all have these preconceived ideas and thoughts and outlooks and boxes that we live in. And that was my dad's box. You know, he was kind of stuck in that. So, so they took the brunt of that where, where I had a lot of time with my dad, great mm-hmm. relationship. They didn't so much because they didn't buy into his outlook on things. So I learned a lot from that to support my kids in whatever it is that they find a passion for and mm-hmm. not judge Mm-hmm. Or create a preconceived idea of what they should like or not like or be like or yeah. into you know like really let them be authentic and then and then support them in that um, and 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 it's super common with dads it's super common for dads to be stuck in this way of thinking it's like I'm a skateboarder like when I was younger 
when my kids were younger, you put my kid on a, like my kid wanted a scooter. And I'm like, dude, you don't get to wear rollerblades and you don't get to ride a scooter. We're skateboarders in this family. You know what I mean? So it's almost like uh -huh. all prejudice against, if you really step back and look at it, who cares? Who cares? And it has some wheels and it's fun. It's not that serious. What are we doing? Like, what are we doing? But as skateboarders, we would like look at a guy on a scooter and be like, that guy's a kook. Like, I almost want to beat him up. You know, <laughs> like rollerbladers are like not even human. Like, All right. What's cr that's crazy though. That's nuts. And that happens to us as humans. We get this weird like gang mentality that like our thing is somewhat, there's like, special or something theirs isn't it's just well and maybe may your identity your identity is so wrapped up in that that it becomes yeah, yeah, yeah. that's you know in my actually my second uh interview my second podcast ever i interview a good buddy of mine here he uh his granddad was an all-american at rice university football jeff my buddy played center at smu football but his boys he has two boys and so but he had the mindset kind of like you that he's like my kids need to follow what they're passionate about. I'm not going to force football on them. If they want to do it, they can do it. But if they want to go do ballet and they're interested in that, 100%, I got them, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it was really neat to hear him say that, that he wasn't living vicariously through his kids. And he's like, you be your own. And I'm here to cheer you on wherever that is. Or um, not to. As a dad, you know, it's hard not to. When I was younger, my first son, you know, he's like five and I'm like barking at him to drop in on like these huge ramps. And he was good. He was a good skateboarder, but I like really pushed him hard into skateboarding, even to the point where he would like cry. And I was kind of like putting off this vibe, like you step up, be a man, you know, and he's like five years old, like doing this crazy shit. And he loved it. And it taught him a lot about like facing his fears and things. But I, I pushed way too hard, way too hard. I was like, like I look back, I'm like, that was nuts. I was just trying to like make my kid like a pro or mm -hmm. something. It's mm -hmm. like, what for one, like, why would I want my kid to be a pro skateboarder anyway? Especially like, if you want to do something like that, you better want it for you. Right. It's like, it's, right. it's one, probably not going to make much money and you're going to break your body off. And like, dude, do you know how many pro skaters I see now that like ride their bike to the freaking skate park? Like they don't even have a car, mm. but like, they were like in the nineties crushing it, you know, uh -huh. like, well, I don't know. It was just a weird, weird time where like I started kind of being like my dad, but with skateboarding, you know, that's interesting. Was it that kind of snapped for you? Was there a, because you sounded like you were becoming your father. Dude. So a lot. So I was, I was raised Mormon. So I was raised in a pretty like a civic belief system that led me to a place where like, if you if someone was sharing with me their life philosophy of the world or whatever, like I wasn't listening, I was waiting to tell you what was right. Uh, and so at uh -huh. some point in my life, um, I actually we worked at a bank for a long time, and then I became a fireman when I was in my late twenties. Mm -hmm. Hired at thirty as a firefighter paramedic, paid full time, and that was really good for me because I'm in a an environment of just like. We moved to Colorado from San Diego. I was away from my family and I got to kind of reset my mind and, and start just listening and learning from people. Mm -hmm. 
And that like reset my system. It was good, really good for me. And that was a time when I started to really look at my entire life and all my belief systems and how I looked at the world and, and just kind of reset. Sorry, was this, this is when you were 30, you moved to San Diego. That's when you had the... From San Diego to Colorado. Sorry. Oh, that, yeah. And that was the pivot. Yeah, being there for a couple years. So when I was like gotcha. 34, okay. when I really started to open up my mind and heart to like I gotcha. all kinds of thoughts and belief systems and like realizing like, what do I know? Like, mm. what do I, I don't know shit. I really don't. I just realized like how prideful of me to think that I know the truth of all things. Mm. Personally. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know anything. I just need to be open. I need to not have any preconceived ideas and actually learn from people and from, and, and just listen, you know? And so I've been listening for a long time now, you know, mm. probably a good, like really intently listening to people and their thoughts and ideas for eight or nine years, like mm. really open to everyone and, and just like letting it soak in and feeling it and thinking about it and seeing what it's like in their shoes, you know, mm-hmm. but becoming massively empathetic and compassionate and, and humble. What do I know? I don't know anything. I'm just here to learn. Mm-hmm. And then if there's something that I've learned that can help you, I'll share that. But it's like, when I meet someone, I either get the privilege of sharing something that it's helped me, or I get to soak in more information and knowledge. Mm-hmm. There's no competition. There's no, I'm better than you or you're better than me. It's just experience, thoughts, ideas, viewpoints. That's how, where I've been the last eight or nine years. Now, oh, that's awesome, man. And with that, kind of uh, jumping ahead a little bit because with everything you just shared with kind of the humbleness, self-awareness that I just, you know, sounds like, tell me if I'm wrong, but I've got my agenda. I want to ra- ram it down your throat. I'm not really listening to you to almost where you pivoted to like, like you just said, really being open listening. Cause I think through the listening is where the learning happens and through that on this journey. So what led you to where you are now with superhuman fathers? Obviously this is the movement that seemed like it started off you just trying to better yourself. And that people watching you, there's something different about this guy. I want a piece of that. What is it about this guy? And it's kind of grown into this movement, if that's fair to say. Tell us about that journey, because it seems like this is a good time to kind of hear about that. Yeah, that that started from listening. Mm, Okay. When you start listening and taking your ego out of your life and your mindset and your thoughts, now you're this clean slate and you start to look at yourself critically people think that's a that's a negative word but it's not it's like i'm now picking myself apart and seeing the pieces that i want and what i don't want and i'm looking at like okay well where does this path lead me and who do i want to become and then Mm -hmm. what do i have to do every single day in order to paint this picture of like who i want to be not what other people expect me to be or not what I'm afraid what other people will think, but like me, truly me, what do I want to be? And so once I started to see that and structure my life in that direction, I started to realize one thing. If I show up every day 
consistently like the beat of a drum in the direction I want to go, it's like magic. It just happens. I started to authentically become my best self. And when you do that, the beat of that drum, it vibrates. And the people around you can feel it and they can hear it. And it calls to them, man. And they come. They want to know more. They want to know what you're doing, how you show up this way. And how are you changing and growing so fast and making things happen and seeing such results? I was getting physical. My, even my body was changing. My countenance was changing. Uh, my confidence, the way I showed up, the way I led, you know, as a firefighter, paramedic, the, the way I started to show up on emergency calls was different. Um, I used to be really nervous in the beginning, man, nervous. So nervous, like for like five years, it, I was like almost pissing blood. I was, so, I was just so nervous to go work every day. My stomach was in knots, man. And then, you know, at some point through this consistency of like building this confidence in myself, guys started to notice like how I'm showing up to calls and how I'm leading the charge and like how I'm setting the example. And they just started to ask for my help. Hmm. They wanted the results that I was having and they wanted the authenticity that I was finding. Mm -hmm. The authenticity is what really brings people to you because when people see that you're truly authentic and fearless about who you are, they see freedom in you and they want freedom. They're seeking freedom. Mm -hmm. Why men follow me because I'm so crazy with who I am that I don't care what other people think at all. And so they follow me. Because they want that. So what led into what you're with Superhuman Fathers, that movement? Did it happen organically? What is it? Yeah. So I started like teaching guys in the firehouse how to get physically fit when they've lost their way. And when you lose your way, it doesn't have anything to do with fitness. It has to do with your mindset. And, uh, and the relationship with their self was like the man they saw in the mirror they were not proud of him, nor did they respect him, nor did they love him. And many of them would say in their own words, I hate who I see in the mirror. And I thought, man, this goes way deeper than anything I could have possibly imagined. And so we started healing them. And it started with discipline, discipline in the basics. It was wake up times. It was nutrition. It was workouts. And once they got those dialed in, mm -hmm. we were able to then start adding more non-negotiables on top of that. And so now you have a man that now his non-negotiables are to spend 10 minutes a day with each kid every night, text his wife a gratitude message every morning, you know? So now there's mm -hmm. nothing to do things. And, and then in this process, they start to see things that are in the way. It's like, man, and it's hard to get up in the morning. And they're like, Man, I wonder if those drinks are affecting me. And they're like, mm, let's try it. So then they stop drinking and all of a sudden they're able to get up early. Huh. And now their workouts are better. Now they have more energy. So they're like, well, okay. The drinks are gone. Now what else? So it's just a snowball. They're just starting to see the positive momentum. It's a volume that slowly increases as you mm. play this game. The problem is most men are never consistent enough to ever get past a certain point. Because they'll, they'll, they'll be good for like a week and then start to make excuses and then fall back. And then they'll 
start for a week again, and then they'll fall back again. And so at some point, you, you're never going to make progress if you keep getting to the same place over and over again. And then once you get there, you just give up. Mm-hmm. So what I started to do is hold these guys accountable and push them past that point where they would normally quit. You know what I'm saying? So that's where they found that next level. Mm-hmm. What if they didn't want it? I'm done. You know, like I, I- we'd have that conversation. I go, fine. Apparently you don't want this because you say you want it. So why don't you, are you good? Like, are you good with who you are now? Because the conversation that we had when we started was you hated the man in the mirror and now you want to go back to that again. Uh-huh. I mean, and then when you have that conversation, 99 out of 100 times, they'd say, oh, I'm not good. I go, I know you're in the battle between pleasure and purpose right now. You don't want to give up your little dopamine squirts and your numb nums and your laziness to become the man you know you must become. Because uh-huh. why? You haven't rooted out that last bit of selfishness in you it's still there mm-hmm. the only way to root it out is to press forward eventually if you play this game because it's a practice discipline and sacrifice is a practice and the reason why i say that is because every time you take a step forward in the dark with faith when you take something that you want so bad and you put it on the altar and sacrifice it to be a better man you're gonna find that you get a hundred times back the power to press forward more. And so now you're like, whoa, okay, well, I just gave up maybe drinking to just see, and it worked, and it was powerful, and it changed my life and changed my marriage. What else can I do now? And here's the best part. The answers are are right there. Like all, like anyone listening to this, if you close your eyes and just listen, you know your next step. You know what you need to give up or you need to start doing. It's been gnawing at you, some of you for years. It's like, bro, it's time to get your nutrition together. And like some of these guys just keep fighting it, keep fighting it, keep fighting it, keep fighting it. And they'll never get to the next level of understanding and light and knowledge and illumination until they move that one boulder. It'll never happen because God's just poking them. Remember this thing I told you to do? Yep. Remember? Yep. Remember? And they're like, nope, I don't want to do that. Nope. Not me. Okay, well, be stuck forever in this never-ending cycle of just like self-hate and just like frustration. Well, Kyle, we'll make it more personal. What was it for you? Was there something specifically for you? You said there was that last boulder or that last thing you had to sacrifice. You know, what was, what was it? What was it for Kyle? Here's the best part. Once you move one boulder, there's ten more, and then once you okay. move those, there's a hundred. Then you move the hundred. There's probably a thousand. I'm still working on those hundred. For me, like my thing was like consistency in the workouts and the wake ups was first. Like that was like really hard for me. And then the nutrition, bro. Like, ugh, man, food. I'm a binger, man. Like I would do good for like a couple of days and then I would run a train on like five dozen chocolate chip cookies that my wife made. And she's like, Where's all the cookies? And I'm like, All right. <laughs> chocolate over my face. But yeah, that mustache. Yeah. How how embarrassing is that as a grown ass man though that can't like I can't keep cookies out of my mouth like I'm literally binging on dozens and dozens of these cookies and I just because I need to somehow get rid of the stress and it's just like every time I eat the cookie it just like goes away for just a moment and then I just want another one to just take the pain away you know and so that food was one and then porn was another one that was like 
always was like, nah, you know what? There's something wrong with this. Something's off with this. Mm-hmm. But it was never like off enough to get me to move. Because mm-hmm. I'd always be able to just like, well, it's not cheating and it's not that big of a deal. Everybody does it. So, so it was like, that one was so easy to just brush off. And so is nutrition because you can always start on Monday. Right. So it's like, food are these ones that are so subtle that will keep you stuck forever. And I'm talking about, what do I mean by stuck? I mean, like, people got to understand the leveraging spiritual power that you can get from nutrition and just character and integrity. And the truth is, doesn't matter what it is or whether you should or you shouldn't, this thing, if you have an inclination that you need to stop doing something, that is your answer. If you are questioning it, that is the answer. The answer is you need to get rid of that. If there even is a thought. So it really is becoming that self-aware, like identifying your triggers. Is that fair? Just to... Yeah, because everybody has something they run to that right. keeps them progressing. How do we make progress? Suffering, sacrifice. You don't build muscle without pain. You also don't increase your stress threshold without stress. Right. It's the only way is to actually sit in your suffering. And so we were provided this opportunity to have stress hit us. And then we either run from it and go hide and pleasure ourselves so that we don't feel it or we sit in it and we fight. Dude, when we sit in it and we fight, we'll get stronger mm-hmm. we'll handle more stress over time. Mm-hmm. It, it's there for a reason to strengthen us. What's the analogy with the, uh, have you heard this with the, with the butterfly, the, if you help it get out of its cocoon, it actually dies. It actually needs that resistance against the cocoon to build its wings stronger and stronger. So when it does explode and, re- and is released, it survives because it's stronger. If you help it, it dies. I love that. Like I, I was just talking to my wife, like, I've been out of the firehouse now for like 10 months out of 15 year firefighter paramedic career from a guy that like, like I said, I was not un- naturally made for this kind of stress. And uh, there is no way I could be leading men right now doing what I am doing now without 15 years of that nightmare. There's no way. And I was talking to her. I was like, man, I'm looking back on these 15 years. It was a 15-year nightmare. That job's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it when I was in it, but I have the most compassion for first responders, man. Oh my God, what they do. And they don't even know what, they don't even know it. Me in the supermarket and people would be like, oh, thank you for what you do. And we're like, whatever. Like we had a few calls last night, got up, worked out, trained a little bit, took a nap, you know, it's like, but the accumulation of all the stress and pressure of like the whole world on your back, like anything could happen. And it does like, and, and those moments of super high stress and pressure, like, that shit wears on you. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Did you have like going through this, you know, and you appreciate vulnerability. Did you make a plan? Like, did you like write down a set? I, I guess I'm, I'm trying to listen to a little, empathize with a listener out there. Like, well, so what did you do? Did you actually write a plan and create one and stick with it? Or how did you yourself before superhuman fathers where you have like a brotherhood, a tribe? So. I took a long time to figure it out because I didn't have a tribe, like a long time, years and years and years of fighting this, trying to figure it out. And I got pretty dialed in, you know, I, I got the porn under control. It would get me every once in a while. 
Every mm-hmm. once in a while, still there a little bit, you know. And then um, the the nutrition was dialed to the point where like I could work my binging in and still like be lean. Mm-hmm. So I was still like like ninety percent there, but I wasn't all in. I wasn't like completely dedicated to the death of my message, like to to tell God like like I'm all in, like whatever, like humiliation, torture, death, like whatever the message must be, send me. You know what I mean? I wasn't mm-hmm. there yet. Mm-hmm. And I started Superhuman Fathers as an Instagram to hold myself accountable. And I kind of got a little bit of a following and we had a small number of guys that were just honest with each other in, in our DMs and on my stories. Like I started being very vulnerable and real with people in my stories on Instagram, like right off the gates. So in a weird way, that was your plan. I mean- Yeah, it wasn't a plan. It just kind of happened because I was so distraught and disgusted with myself, even at the level I was at, because it doesn't matter where you're at in this spectrum of like addiction or like loss of control. The, the, The mountain never ends. There's no peak to this mountain. Wherever you sit right now, you're going to have struggles at that level that you're trying to overcome. Like yeah. I have struggles right now that I'm trying to overcome. Sure. This year I cut out my, I'm a fireman. We freaking have nicotine pouches. So it's non-tobacco nicotine. Like we just, that's night for night calls, man. You pop those in, you're awake and you can go save some lives. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But um, so I had a, a, a moment where it was like very clear to me. It was like, Hey, those have you by the balls. Time to get rid of them. And I was like, nah, no, they, there's no tobacco. It's not cancer causing. It's it's not. It, it doesn't do anything bad for your health. I've done the research. These are my thoughts, right? But the message was clear. It's like you have men that are trying to quit a lot of things, and so you need to rise above and set the example. It doesn't matter what it is or health or what you read or what science. I'm telling you right now, you need to get rid of this. So I go right downstairs. I get. I had like a hundred dollars worth of those things that my wife just bought me. Threw them in the trash, got my kids to look, and my wife, I was like, can you wash me, throw us away, I'm done with these. Wow. Damn. And so that was first step. And what I say, when you move one boulder, 10 more show, literally the same day, it was like, okay, you ready for your next one? No more bullshit food. No more. Zero. Yeah, at all. No, at all. Zero ever again. Like no cookies, cake, no, not even protein bars. No protein bars. Cause that stuff owns you. Cause I would eat like, I'd have like 2,200 calories I'm eating. I would be, eat like half my calories and protein bars. Cause they're so damn good. And it's <laughs> yeah, I know. They're like, candy, they're like candy bars. Like candy bars. So I would just eat that, but it was real clear to me. I was like, no, you need to, you need to be healthy now. Like you need to put whole foods in your body or else you're a terrible example. And I was just going to say, now you have a following. Now people are looking to you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a- when one day I had to, I got rid of the nicotine and got rid of all like bullshit food. Like I haven't had a, like any sort of treat or sweet in like eight months. I used to calculate it in my macros, but I would binge, man. I would like do really good for like seven days. And then I would run a train on that cabinet, dude. I would eat everything in sight. But I would still look good and it would actually fill in my glycogen stores and I would look all badass at the gym, all veiny and shit because I was full of carbs 
And I used that, but I was out of control in that moment. And I didn't want to be out of control anymore. I, I wanted to own myself. You know what I mean? And I knew it was this message that was like, hey, this is your next step to go to your next level of empowerment and connection, spiritual connection to God and yourself. And that's uh-huh. the mirror, you know? And so it's been this process of giving up more and more and going deeper and deeper. And as I go deeper, the more powerful I become, the more my ability to make money increases, the mm-hmm. more connection I have with my wife and the clearer I can hear God's voice. Mm-hmm. Crazy. That's awesome. Amen, man. And leading us to our conversation, you know, like you never know who, what doors have opened up for you, which is a pretty cool side thing. I'm curious in this because I feel like, I don't know, like growing up, but anybody that was either really passionate about something, a hobby, or they would start getting healthier or losing weight, people would tend to kind of make fun of them because anybody that was bettering themselves, it was, I felt like more of a reflection on the other people for what they're not doing. So if this makes sense. So this guy is really taking care of himself. He's clearly eating correctly. So I'm going to belittle him and make him feel this way because it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm reflecting on my personal struggles. So did you, if that makes sense, did you face any, and again, I know you're like, I really don't care what other people think, but did you ever face? Cause also too, I'm wondering, what do I tell my son to empower him? What do I tell myself? What do I tell uh, anybody that's listening who is trying to make a difference that's going to have to go against the tide and to say, I don't care what society is saying. I don't care what people are saying about eating crap or watching porn or whatever that is. I'm going against the tide. So did you face that? Did anybody try to bring you down? And if they did, what was it like? And what would you say to, to those that are trying to, to change? Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a fireman, bro. So I'm in the firehouse with a bunch of coyotes, dude. That'll eat their own. So, yeah, I got so much hate. I got hate for my messages on Instagram. I got hate for trying to even start Superhuman Fathers and the the bold things I would say online. I got hate for eating healthy when everyone else was eating bullshit. I got hate for not drinking. Um, but here's the thing. So when you first start something like this, so you don't have any results. You haven't earned your spot. So just shut up and do your thing and laugh about it. But it's not a big deal. People who like start a diet and then guys make fun of them and then they they get all butt hurt and they start fights and stuff. I didn't do any of that shit. Like people in the firehouse make fun of me like, what are you eating your little girl salad? And I'm like, I'm just trying, it's bikini season, bro. I'm trying to get into fit into my little thong. You know? <laughs> I just play on it. It's not a big yeah. deal. Well, what, what do I care? I, I know they're uncomfortable. I know they want to take care of themselves. And, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm leveling up at this time. And even when I've been physically in this spot, yeah, people would give me a hard time or whatever. I don't care because I know it comes from a place of insecurity anyway. And uh, I got to keep a good relationship with these people because at some point they want to ask for my help. They want to feel like they know that I love them and I've been patient with them. You know, it's very Mm -hmm, important. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The other thing is I'm going to create, I'm going to become so undeniable that my results 
just shut them the fuck up. So like right now, like I'm pretty, I'm I'm feeling pretty fucking undeniable. Like my marriage is on fire. Like I suppose, dude, our spats will last 15 minutes max. Like we get through that shit so fast and then like we're having the best sex. We're best friends and we've been married 20 years. So I'm like, dude, my marriage is amazing. But my kids look at me like I'm a God. Like, so like, and people could be like, well, that's really cocky of you. Come around my family, spend time with us and just look at our dynamics and watch what happens. Look at the way my kids hang out with me and look at me as the leader of my family and the way my wife admires me because I show up for them. Like, I don't even snooze my alarm because I know my wife is right next to me. She will lose respect for me because I said I was going to get up. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. If you say you're going to do something and your wife hears you and you don't do it, you just lost power. And so when you live this way where you're always watching to make sure that you're in that leadership position by example, your family dynamics change. The other thing is I'm 42 and I walk around like this. I'm fucking ripped all year long. And I'm I'm getting stronger, more athletic. Like, And, and I show up, you know, I, I keep my nutrition tight. I show up to the gym every day. I don't miss and I'm, I built a seven figure coaching business in 18 months. Like, and so, so when people are like, well, why do you do that? I'm like, cause my life is fucking amazing. That's why. And yeah. that's why it's so important for me to have a good life. Like it's important for me to have a good relationship and to, to have a good family dynamic and to make money and to have the body, because I'm not going to listen to anybody that doesn't have the results that I want. And you shouldn't. Never hire a coach or listen to anyone's advice that doesn't have what you want, period. That's probably in any area. So think about this. When you self-validate like that, when you're looking at your life and you're like, damn, I'm killing it. And people are like, wow, that's very cocky. When it's the truth, you must speak the truth. Otherwise, you're a liar. Whether it's Mm -hmm. bad or good, speak the truth. And if you're killing it, then tell the world. And also too, Kyle, I would imagine, think sometimes your actions speak louder than your words and just physically looking at you, maybe in the energy, people are, there's something different about this guy, right? And so can you give me like a heads up? Like, what's the secret? What's your secret sauce? You know? And then you're like, all right. And then they see the the life you live and they're just like, all right, dude. Like, you got me. (laughs) I'm listening. I'm listening. I want that girly salad. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's what I'm after. I'm I'm after to be a representation of what men want in their life so that they'll listen to me. And once they open up their heart, then we can talk about real things. Right. We can talk about addiction. We can talk about showing up for your family every day. We can talk about like very deep and vulnerable things. We can talk about spiritual power and they'll listen. And then we can have a real discussion, a respectful discussion because they're like, Hey, I see value in this human. And that's what we're doing. We're creating a man that provides value just with your presence. That takes time, effort, and consistency. But when you are that man, ah, life's so fun because everywhere you go, you can bless people's lives just, just by being there. And that's what it's all about, right? To who much has been given, much is expected. And and so obviously everything that you've gone through in the life that you're living, much is expected it, as far as now, how can I pay it forward? Yeah. Um, and how can I encourage other guys? Because I know what you're going through. I've been there. Yes. Yeah. And there's times when I'm in the presence of greatness and I shut my mouth and I just listen. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm I'm in a position to teach 
And sometimes I'm surrounded by amazing humans and I'm in a position to learn. It has nothing to do with ego or who's better than anyone else. This is a position of service, building yourself to the point where you can serve and give at the highest level. And sometimes you're that guy and sometimes you're not. And if you've been shit in the bed for a long time, yeah, I've been taking care of yourself. Well, you're not going to be the guy to give. That's okay. Just learn. Soak it up and start changing your daily habits. Mm-hmm. Start building that man that can give value. Feels good to give value. And when you give a lot of value and you're in a position where now you can get some value from others, man, you appreciate that so much. I'm a little bit of just like, where do I take it from here? Because it's such good stuff, Kyle. I, uh, it's, you know, and I think for any listeners that are out there, you know, again, I hope that this is words of encouragement. And like I say in the, you know, the end of my my podcast, it's we can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start now to change you know, the end and that, you know, may this be a new day for you, whoever's listening. And, and obviously with Kyle, what you're doing with Superhuman Fathers is creating uh, community, an intentional community, creating accountability, a tribe to say, we got you, you know, a brotherhood. Um, so again, I want to encourage vis- your listeners to go to his website and check them out. Kyle, but it, it, kind of going back to you though, now you as a father, you know, we've talked obviously how you've transformed and how you're impacting others, but what is it, you know, that you, I would say, what are some of those values that you're instilling in your children and how do you go about that? Cause that's great. I, I think sometimes, you know, growing up in the church, sometimes there's a, the pastors had like, oh, you're a PK, you're a preacher's kid. Cause sometimes the preachers have the worst kids. You know, they could tell the flock what to do, but it's like, well, why don't you take care of your own family? You know, you can't even handle your own family. I love that point because most preachers, most are not living what they're teaching. Most. I would agree with that. How to read the book and speak the words. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wars. Nope. How do I know that? I talk to dozens of them all the time. Uh-huh. And, and unless they are living highly disciplined lives they're in no position to lead that and that's a whole nother podcast which is interesting but and again a kind of weird way you're a pastor you're a preacher you're spread the gospel of how to be a better superhuman father so found god through discipline not through a book uh-huh. found it through taking action listening and acting and that voice got louder and louder and louder and then it finally revealed to me who it was but i never read scripture not once. Okay, let's go down that trail about your your faith, if you feel comfortable with that. But yeah. then I want, but I want to hear too, though. How do you instill what you're preaching? How do you instill that with your children, where you're not beating it over the head with them? Well, we'll start with the kids. They're watching you. It's no different than what I said earlier. If you want men to listen to you, become what they want. Your sons and daughters will look to you the same. They're judging you. Do I want to be like this person? Mm. Do I want that life? Do I want that vibration? Do I want that attitude? Do I want that money? Do I want that body? Do I want that discipline? Right? You have to earn the respect of your children, just like you do your wife, just like you do other men. Like You have to earn that respect. See, men forget. They think they're safe at home. You are not safe at home to be a shitbag. You don't get to do that. Yeah. They think, well, because I'm the father, then you will respect me. Yeah, by default, because I'm the father. Yeah. yeah. No, no. In fact, 
you get judged more harshly as the father, which means you need to step up more. I don't want to walk on eggshells in my own home. That's what you call it. I call it living with integrity and character, right. not walking on eggshells. Yeah. Walking on eggshells would be like, I'm going to fake it. I'm just going to fake it. Doesn't work. That's good. Yeah, you alluded to how you found your faith. I, I did the, the whole pastor comparison, but not even reading scripture. Uh, but it sounds like you came to a place where, I guess I'm assuming you asked Christ to be the Lord of your life. This is controversial. I feel like I got saved before I even called him Jesus because I was listening and acting with what, what the voice at that time or the guiding feeling I had was telling me what to do. I was all in on it. I was all in. Mm-hmm. I didn't call it God. I didn't call it Jesus. I was just like, whatever you are, whatever this is, the universe, whatever, I trust you and I'm going to do whatever it takes. Whatever you promise me to do, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Already committed to what it was, not knowing what it was. That makes sense. I would pray and ask it to reveal itself to me and it, and it did not, whether I was not ready or, or whether Jesus wasn't ready to show himself to me or I wasn't ready. I don't know, but I tried. I tried, I tried to call out to him and the message was like, you're not ready for a long time. Mm. And then when it was time, it was time and it was obvious. It was obvious to me because it was the same Same voice. It was the same inclination to like stop looking at porn, to get my nutrition together. The same voice that, that told me to build superhuman fathers. The one that tells me to be a better husband. It was the same inclination and pull that said, it's been me this whole time. Man. And I'm I'm talking to a lot of like people in my space, like yeah. med leaders that are having this exact same experience. Really? Yes. Yes. Because a lot of us, come from like in the box religious backgrounds and we kind of like pushed against it. Yep. And then we went the opposite route and yep. went like no God, atheist. Yeah. And then had this inclination of like, well, that doesn't make sense. Like the world's too beautiful. Like this is incredible. There has to be something which turned into like new age universe style of looking at things. And then it just morphs all the way back. Yeah. Like a new open view of what Jesus is and what he did, you know, open-minded, open-hearted, like just teach me. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. Wow. That's cool. Amen. Well, thank you for sharing that, Kyle. Clearly you have a lot going on, man, with your superhuman fathers and you're not only national, you're global. It sounds like you're hitting, you know, a lot of countries and a lot of men are being, what you're right about a thousand guys. Is that fair? 500, actually 501 as of like an hour ago. 501. So that's amazing. And so with that being said, how do you, how do, how does Kyle as a father balance all of your work responsibilities with your family, you know, commitment? So, you know, I think one maybe a, a problem with a lot of dads out there is I've got to provide, I've got to work. I know my dad's generation was, I show my love by working. I show my love by providing. That's how I show up, you know? So how do you, in today's culture, set your boundaries and establish that balance? Obsession. Obsession. Obsession with building my business, yes. Obsession with being an attentive father. Obsession with being a spiritually connected wife. 
and obsession with connecting to God. And within that obsession, there's no room for anything else. Nothing. There's no room for anything else. The, so what does that look like? That would look like a structured day. It would be like, hey, listen, I do my self-development in the dark because I will not steal from my family or my business for my own personal self-development. Oh, uh, I got you. Right. So, so while the house is, quote, still asleep, that's when you're doing your your work. Uh, yeah, I get, I, I've got three hours of work on myself and my spirituality, my physical fitness, and you know some of my social media and my content done before I go to the gym with my two son, my two oldest sons, and my wife at five thirty. Okay, but like I've already got three hours of work done on myself okay. and in the business. So like I'm so far ahead of everyone before they all wake up. Like by seven a.m., I'm four hours deep of personal development. So I'm <laughs> that's crazy. What time do you go to bed? Uh. Night third to ten, it's a grind, bro. Like it's a grind. Yeah, but I, I don't want it to be easy. E e easy disconnects you. When things are easy, you get complacent. Try to be spiritual when your life's really easy. Like good luck. Good luck. Like suffering and and pain will bring you to the present, and, and it will connect you to your story. Like there's so much power in this. This morning, this morning, Sunday morning. I just spoke of this on my stories on Instagram. I had this inclination of like, it's Sunday, stay in bed, stay in bed, Sunday. You always get up. I thought, I get that. But see, this is what, this is what the average man does. And the average man is so spiritually disconnected. Like their stories mean nothing. Nothing has meaning to it. It's just blah. And I'm like, I create truth in my story through taking action. And so I get up, even though I didn't want to, and I go to the cold shower. I take a cold shower every morning. And I'm like, maybe not on Sunday. I mean, you could take a day off. And I'm just like, yeah, I could take a day off, but this is going to shock me into the present. And it's going to bring me to a place of like, where the pain bring and the discomfort brings you into this into a spiritual plane because that's what I that's the story I'm telling myself. And when I get in the cold shower, I think about my men, think about their struggles and their addictions. I think about Jesus hanging on the cross and and how much he suffered when that cold water's hitting me and I'm it's three in the morning and it's cold outside. You know, like it it just brings me to this place of gratitude. And if I didn't do that, it would just be like, oh, okay, no big deal. But it makes it a big deal. And so now, now I'm prepped and I go on a walk outside and I walk down to my, the bottom street in my neighborhood and I have street lights and I have street lights that go, seems like forever and it's quiet and it's dark and it's just me. And I just, I see my path, bro. I see it. And I see the path is light, dark, light, dark. In order to travel this path, you have to travel through light and illumination and understanding. And then you have to go to darkness. You have to feel resistance again. And you have to use hope and faith again. And, and then light opens up to you and you get more illumination and more growth. And then back into the darkness. And I walk this path while I usually write some Instagram stories or journal or ask God some questions. Um, and that's how my morning starts. But see, what if I just skipped all that? 
And I just got up and I was like, good morning. You know what I mean? Like right. by the time I see my kids, like I've had these massive, powerful spiritual experiences and tested myself and tested my resolve and tested my discipline and tested my faith. We get to create the regiment or the system that will keep us in power and focused on what's important. And and these tools like getting up earlier, taking a cold shower or focused work, like it helps us to stay in that zone if we use it appropriately. Mm-hmm. Tricking the system to some degree, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you it, know, that's... I'm, and I'm not stupid. Like people are like, well, what if it's not true? I'm like, what if it is? And they're like, well, but what if it's not? Like, what do you want to believe? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, you can be a skeptic and just be pissed off and just like, like ask questions all the time that, and, and just be mad and like say that's dumb and this is dumb. And there's no way that's possible. And this is, I don't want to live like that. I want to live in a state of belief. I want to live in a state of a, a place where my life has meaning and that I wake up filled to the brim with gratitude and purpose. And so that's how I construct my mornings to feed that story. Right. That life is way better. Yeah. You know, it's like people are like, well, how do you know Jesus is real? I'm like, well, I don't, but I choose to believe. They're like, that's interesting. Yes. You don't have to know anything. Just be, be who you want to be. Believe what you want. What is it that you want in life? And what story are you telling yourself that's going to give you that? Believe that and have an epic life. It's very simple. Yeah. Well, we're not promising that our next breath, you know, how are you going to make it, you know? Well, what if you die and you go to heaven and, and, uh, you were wrong? What kind of weird question is that? Right. Weird question. We're all going to be wrong. Like, what makes us think that we have the perfect view of the universe and everything? Like none of us have, like, uh, like if there is a truth, like we're just doing our best to try to figure it out best we can, you know, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many people walking around, like spouting, like they know that all the truths of the universe, like perfect and answer the questions directly of like, this is how it is. And this is how it's going to be. And this is how God is. And it's like, and they argue about it. Rather than just letting someone speak their mind and speak their feelings of how they connect and just listening. And listening. And just listening. Learning, learning, right? Learning. And it's what we feel. It's what we feel that is true. That's it. Right? Holy. I like these conversations. Yeah. No, I love it, man. I love it. This has been, this is awesome. You know, obviously, I feel like there's rites of passage you know, I know in the Jewish traditions, the bar mitzvah and the bat, the bat mitzvah, right? Where you at 13, you know, the Torah, you've memorized the Torah. We're now as a family, we're turning this over to you because you are now responsible for your spiritual growth is kind of the, the meaning behind the bar mitzvah and the bat mitzvah, right? So, so for Kyle and for Kyle's family, and actually I'm going to two full questions for, for men going through the superhuman fathers, is there any kind of rite of passage that men go through that but then two for kyle's family with your children is there any kind of rite of passage that you do for your children hey you're 13 so we do this or 
at 15, we go take a trip or something. Yeah. So uh, in the Brotherhood, we have the first flag on the mountain is the Order of the Warrior Monk. That's like an invite-only group within the group where you've proven yourself, be dedicated to the group, and you've had enough results to where you're, you're like, you're on your way. And we take those people into the Order of the Warrior Monk, and that's where you usually finish their physical transformation because the tail end of your physical transformation is really hard. It's like, it's a kind of a spiritual journey because you're, you're like in a fasted state, you know, you're hypocaloric, you're working out really hard. And the focus is to show up for your family and for life at, with high energy and still amidst this pain and lack of energy, like learn that you are in control of how you show up, regardless of how much pain you're in, how much you're suffering. Like you learn that, watch out, mm-hmm. watch out like that. <laughs> and, and you learn how to tap into the purpose tank, the endless tank of energy. Um, amazing. So that's like the, the first part of the journey and, and the physical transformation. It is important to us, but that's just a representation of what happens in your, your heart, your mind, your, your spirit, like the man we're actually changing. It's like a baptism of sorts, really. Like it's like, Every religion has a physical representation of like a change or right, a, right. or a commitment, right? So our getting lean is that representation of who we're becoming for our wife, our children, for our businesses, how we show up. And when you connect it with that intent, it's powerful, man, powerful. Once your transformation is complete, your physical transformation, you uh, that's like we get all the fat off you, just shred it. And um, call that day one. You made it to day one, man. Congratulations! But you're a, you're now a made man. You've been posted, is what we call it, because like we post them on the Instagram. So it was like you, they ended up calling, "Hey, have you been posted?" Like mm-hmm. last week. And once you're posted, you remain in the order of the warrior monk as a mentor to others, and uh, and then we just do life together. You know, we just do life together. We meet often. We have seven or eight roundtable meetings that we have we're now doing live events and we just continue to make progress in this idea that the deeper we go the more powerful we become the more influential we become the more impactful we become well so what with your family is there anything like with your with your you know we were just talking about this i was just talking to my wife i was like kind of cool to have like a thing because my my oldest is 16 and 15 i'm a week I can make a list of like the hard shit we've done with these boys, like terror hikes. Like we just did that 24 hour workout with them a couple of weeks ago where it was like run a mile, hundred burpees, hundred pushups, a hundred crawl outs for 24 hours straight. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. That was pretty fucked up, man. But, um, the boys did pretty good. Like my older boys, Parker ended up taking a 45 minute nap. So he, he took a little nap <laughs> yeah. at about two, two in the morning, dude. It was like, it, he, how he, dare he? He <laughs> fell asleep on the couch. I didn't even give him a hard time, dude. I was just yeah. like, crushed. He made it to 2 a.m. And then I thought, right. he, I thought he was going to sleep the whole night, but he woke up 45 minutes later and I was out there like doing crawl outs in the dark. And he, and he came out and he's like, what round are we on? I'm like, dude, you're only one round behind. And he's like, all right, cool. So <laughs> he got back in and my oldest son, I think he slept for like four hours. He took a four four-hour break but still pretty savage dude like he went from 12 p.m to 2 a.m 
slept till six, got up at six, and then did six more hours. So, like, that's incredible. Pretty gnarly, you know? But yeah, like, we have stuff like that. But I think it is a really good idea, really good idea to have like things you do at certain ages. Like, we were just feeling that. Me and my wife were actually cool. like, some ideas and things. And I, I would say, if you have young kids, that would be a really cool thing to like, create where like at eight years old you do this at 12 you do this at 16 you do this and it's like and you almost have like something that you get like a ring or a trophy or like a picture like something you know would be really cool that would be a really cool tradition well it's so something for you maybe you know now with my young man you know being two it's called um raising a modern day knight and i'll, yeah. I'll reference that do you know raising do you know that my buddy just gave me that book. Ah, uh-uh. just gave it to me. Like he put, he go, ah, I, I, I like, like, okay. So this is my buddy, Robert. Robert came to me like 70 pounds overweight. Yeah. And, and he was kind of disconnected from his wife. He was unhealthy. Well, this dude loses 70 pounds. Gets ripped. This guy was like, like, looked like Wolverine, dude. Banks coming down his shoulders. And, and what happened was, his his connection with God got insanely powerful, which mm. transferred to his marriage. So cool. then his wife had like some things in her past that she's never been able to share with him because he didn't want to hear it. Mm. Some mm. really painful things. And at some point he had built him his inner strength so much that he could sit with her and let her give it to him so he could carry it with her. And so for two hours, she spilled out these feelings she's been holding and finally had a place to lean on. And so took that onto him and their relationship just exploded. And so we have this guy that was like fat and miserable and now he's ripped. He's got this amazing marriage and now he's helping other men with their marriage. Uh, I mean, the story is just so incredible. But this guy, he texted me, said, hey, I left a book outside your door. And that was the book. I had oh. to backpack right now. I haven't, I haven't cracked it yet. <laughs> that is so cool, man. So one of my dearest friends who actually is on one of my shows, Todd out of Arkansas. And so his, his home church, Robert Lewis, who's the author of that book is from my buddy's church. One of the pastors who started raising a modern day night. And so it kind of goes through that, that pilgrimage of, of a night, you know, and so I guess that to say, whether it's for you, for me, but kind of marking that journey of, of raising a young man who can be self-sufficient, fight those battles, you know, and whether you, your young man, when he turns 16, you and him go and take some trip and, you know, you're talking about what the healthy ways to handle sex and what it is to be a blah, 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 blah. But in you, whether it's like you just said, whether it's like, uh, you know, an actual physical sword you know you passed down or creating a family crest or something that or it but the biggest thing too though again is like let's say for one of your sons is whoever those influential men are in his life other than just you is that you pick a pivotal time in his like a morning or something and you surround him and say hey not only do i have see value in you but this group of men that are circling you in this room also to see value in you and they're holding you to a higher standard and they're going to hold you in a kind of in a group accountability and then we're going to speak words of truth over you we're going to speak words of blessing over you uh words of prayer whatever that is 
Yeah. So yeah, I would encourage you with that book. Uh, I'll see with your with your friend that sent that to you. But um, but something to think about, right? Um, yeah. Because I think it's yeah. very rare in a person's life, especially in a young man's life. And I think more than ever in a time in what we're facing in our culture now is for a young man, especially in a father's, to say, I see value in you. It did to get val- words of affirmation and words of validation because I think so many times that are I don't know I don't know what you're seeing Kyle with the men that you're working through. Yes, it's about being healthy, but also to think if you unearth all of it and tell me if I'm wrong, but it really is a heart issue of maybe men are walking around going I never I never heard my dad say you've got what it takes or right and we're all we're all running around going well give me the bottle give me porn. Give me, let me go around to sleep with everybody because I'm trying to just find validation that I never got from my from my father, or ultimately I never got from my heavenly father. Anyway, that's my that's my preaching. I mean, being a father, if you could look at the audience in the eyes or one father out there, you know what would be any words of advice or encouragement that you feel like you could share with somebody out there that's really struggling right now. You, you can't lead by example enough, meaning you need to go deeper than you think. You need to give up more than you think. You need to work harder than you think. Is it good enough is a big problem. Good enough will get you nowhere. That's the average man. The average man aspires no one. And you can't give what you haven't earned. And so you're trying to give your kids something, an amazing life and become amazing men, but you're stopping at good enough. Why? Mm. Just go all the way. Give it all, all up, all of it. Go all in. Any distractions from the things that actually matter, delete them from your life. Mm. That's how you be an epic father. Or a dad who's who said, I, "I, I don't. Why should I care? Why I've, I've hit the end of my. Maybe for whatever reason, you know, a divorce or." Or mistakes I've made, I'm not worthy. Why should somebody, a man, care enough? To lead their kids, you mean? Why should they care? Mm-hmm. Well, that comes down to like what you want. Comes all the way back to that. If you want to be a selfish shitbag and have a half-assed life where you just sit in your pain and die. It's up to you. You will pass that down to your kids, but if you don't give a shit enough about your kids to understand that they're going to have to overcome what you haven't, then fuck you. Mm. You're a terrible father. That's what you want to be? You want to be a terrible father? That's what you want to be remembered for? It's your choice. What do you want? What do you want? That's what it all comes down to. Mm. But for a child, I, is there is there a perception where fathers have to be quote perfect in front of their children, to not quote let them see them your children? I've got it all together. To never get to a place where you have to tell your child, "I'm sorry," or "I've screwed up," or "I've made mistakes." And for a child to see, wow, and to see a father take a 180 and potentially the power to change the trajectory of a family by a father taking his pain or mistakes by the reins and pivoting. You know how you'd be a, a, a great leader and being perfect at the same time? It's simple. 
live the message that you teach, or at least try your best. Speak the truth that you're living. And that's being raw, vulnerable, admitting your mistakes. Yeah. Is that fair? It has to be effort, right? But amidst that effort, we suck. We're going to mess up. It happens, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, Kyle, that's amazing stuff. Is there something that I'm not asking you or something that that you want to share that I haven't uh, addressed? Anything that's stirred up in your heart? No, I think you did a great job. We, we, we hit a lot. We hit a lot, man. I mean, yeah, as you, I like, as you can tell, we could probably talk for like all night. Like we could talk about fatherhood and life and yeah. And just sit in this mastermind and just like learn, learn a lot from each other. And, um, so, I mean, it's just never ending, you know? I would just say probably to finish off for me, I was like, like a lot of people ask me, like, how do you live so disciplined? How are you so committed? How do you show mm -hmm. You have to get around a tribe of people that will push you high level that are, that, that are above where you're at. You have to have people that will push you and pull you and um, not listen to your excuses and tell you the truth. Because if you try to come at me with some, some excuses, like you're, you're going to get the truth right away. I will not patronize you at all, zero. You'll hear it. And then in return, I would expect the same from my people to tell me the same. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and I mean, that's the number one thing. You will become who you're around. That's just it, you know? That's and yeah, like, like there's, uh, there's other deeper details to how you become disciplined and discipline is a practice and you have to show up. But in the end, like with my guys, they're like, well, what's your program like? I'm like, I have one requirement of you. Show up to two to three of our roundtable meetings a week and be with us. That's it. They're like, well, what about workouts and nutrition? Yeah, we'll teach you that. I don't want you to worry about that right now. Mm, that's good. Just be, just be with us. That's it. I'm glad you said that because I think maybe there there could be that perception maybe initially of some some listeners that are like, oh, I got to go just hit the gym with these guys. And that's really the end product is just to be fit. I got to get up at three in the morning. And right. Right. Uh, only eat freaking chicken and no right. man. You're starting at a two on the volume. We're gonna turn you up to a ten eventually. And when you get to a ten and you're gonna realize the volume goes up to a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Well so then you're like, well, if it goes up to a hundred, oh now it goes up to a thousand. So guess what? There's no rush, nor is there any guilt or shame in this game. Mm -hmm. But on this planet imperfect. And like if you're in the game, you're winning. That's it. it that's huge, man. And again, I'm 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 so glad you brought that up because I think for it's just they just just be around us, just be in community with us. We'll get there. You'll get there when it's when the time is right. I had one of our guys like go on a crack binge. A successful dude, and he went and freaking smoked crack, and he came on and was ashamed, and mm -hmm. he's like, I didn't come back. I haven't seen you guys in a month because I I was smoking crack. And I'm like, hey, next time you smoke crack and you're high, just come on the meeting. We don't care. Yep. Yeah, love. We love you. Come here, come, come high on crack. Yeah, that is always come. That's awesome, man. That's such a gift. That's such a gift, and that's a, what a blessing and a gift to this person to be like. Really, even when I'm like, yeah, we love. I yes, we love you on crack and love you off crack. You what? Is your your vice baby crack? Mine this. Mine's this. Okay, we're still gonna love you, dude. We're still walking with you. You hang out with us, you'll you'll stop. We yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love wins, man. Love wins. That's what it's all about, dude. 
Well, Kyle, this has been amazing. And like you said, we could go on and on. And, and, and for those that are listening, you can go on and on, obviously, with who you are, the decisions that you make, and that, you know, the prayers that anybody that's listening to this tonight can make a change, make a pivot. Um, obviously, there's tons of resources out there. But but also, I want to encourage you to go and visit, you know, Superhuman Fathers with Kyle, his website, with the brethren that are out there. Like he talked about, you're not in this alone. And so I hope something that Kyle said today does put a fire under your your chair to get you moving, get you going. And Kyle, this is, uh, man, this has been really, truly a gift and a blessing to me to hear your story and to know that you're out there. So it's really, really cool. So I can't, I can't thank you enough. And you alluded to this earlier in our chat, but also too, I would never forgive myself if I didn't say thank you for your service. Um, as a firefighter on the front lines and how you've served your community so well. So I do need to and want to say that to you. Please know that. And uh, much love from Houston. If you're ever in Houston, let's grab some barbecue. We'd love to love to treat you to some barbecue. But no, you got some you got some fans out here in Houston, man. And um, I'm following you uh, as of today on Instagram and look forward to to in my own life being more disciplined in how I lead my family and some of the things you said tonight. Got me thinking about as a father, am I really leading by example and uh, with my son and with my wife and my stepdaughter? So, Kyle, thank you so much for being a guest. You want to promote or tell the audience about where they can find you or Superhuman Fathers on Instagram, uh, Superhuman Fathers on YouTube or under my name, Kyle Carnahan. And then uh, you can go to superhumanfathers.com if you want to apply for the brotherhood and it'll, that'll either send it to me or one of the guys in the brotherhood to have your first interview. Awesome. All the information that Kyle just shared will be in the show notes. So click on that and get uh, connected with him or some of his, uh, his tribe. So Kyle, again, thank you, man. And all the love out there in California and uh, keep on fighting the fight. All right, brother. We hope you enjoy this latest episode of Bear Crawl with Dads. From a brother, C.S. Lewis, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending.